This is the John Oakley Show podcast. The thing we mentioned, which is just sort of distance from the consequences that the young people, you know, don't feel as directly impacted. But I think the more powerful force that we don't talk about enough is the fact that this being socially distanced from other people, being not connected to, to those um, close to us, is probably the hardest on exactly that age group we saw. Um, their lives right now are defined around their social connections. You know, that's the age when we find our, our uh, partners for life. That's the age when we make our really, really good friends. Um, and then once we're beyond that, as many of us are, we're worried more about careers and things like that. Um, and so we sometimes forget how important our social world was to us. So all this to say, not certainly not to excuse their behavior, but they probably feel this isolation you know, much more palpably than we do. And when the sun comes out and it's one of those days to gather, um, I mean, I think that's the only thing some of us should be thinking about. The, the push on them is a little harder than it is on us. You know, it was interesting because the premier was saying, these are smart people down there. And I think it was reiterated by the mayor as well. And let's assume that because I think they were, you know, younger, uh, smarter folk who were tuned in. And certainly, you know, they got the memo. They know the information. Yep. So uh, they're not acting out of ignorance, but it's almost uh, they're willing to take whatever, assume whatever risk. Uh, because the trade-off obviously is to their benefit or as they perceive it. Uh, is that how you would maybe uh, assess the thing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the trick is they, um, for, for them, they don't see the real consequences. And, and, and if you only think of the consequences to them, um, you know, our famous Canadian band Rush has this lyric that says, we are only immortal for a limited time. And that's referring to our youth, that, you know, when we're at the age those people are at, we can sometimes feel uh, immortal. Now, we lose that as we age and we start to feel progressively more immortal all the time. Um, and so, you know, that at that level, yes, but of course, if they're really informed and if they're really plugged in, then they should be realizing that the threat is not really to them. The threat is to all of the older people within the sphere of everybody who is at that park. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, I think what it really points to is sometimes we're controlled by our emotional side and sometimes we're controlled by our rational side. And I don't think they were being controlled by their rational side. Um, they, they were there because they just felt they really needed that um, you know, in, 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 a, in a strong, powerful, emotional way. And, and I don't deny that they do, but I also know there's a lot of research on what's called delaying gratification, that, you know, at a time like this, if we can just hold off that little bit longer, we're going to save lives. Uh, and doing what they did yesterday cost lives. And we don't know how many, but it did. Um, and so with, if that's the calculus, then you can't say they were behaving rationally because a little bit of sun is not worth, you know, multiple people's lives. Mm. Wow, uh, that's an honor. Sorry, I got a little <laughs> no, no, that's great. Great insight. You see, I was saying, uh, in the absence of contact tracing or any way of verifying, you know, uh, exactly what the consequences might be, we may not know, but it'd be interesting to be able to ascertain that again with Steve Jordan's professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. You know, the other thing I'm kind of curious about is if there's been this social defiance or civil disobedience because maybe there's a loss of trust in what the authorities are telling us or maybe they've taken a look at the bigger picture like you see yeah. uh the science the numbers they feel they're in that uh immortal demographic or you know the numbers applying to them are rather negligible do you think there's some of that going on yeah i, I mean i i want to you know echo what i've heard some others say that we we see those images and and 
can almost immediately think that this is sort of rampant, and and it really isn't. You know, what we saw yesterday was the exception. And if we think about how many public spaces there are in Toronto and how many opportunities there were for exactly this kind of thing to happen, it it actually, you know, happened in once. Um, And and so I think, by and large, we should be very proud of ourselves um, and and proud of the the extent to which we as citizens are conforming. But it it does get tricky. We've got this confluence of two things. One, this this easing of restrictions for sort of economic reasons. Um, and, And then summer. You know, when we all desire our to get out there and have some activities, and this is the point where where our ten months of winter we get paid off for, you know, and um, those are more on the emotional side of things, and so I think those things won in in one park out of ten. Um, and and the, I think the really good news, too, is, you know, we reacted as, as many Canadians do and just basically said that's just not cool. And um, the next day, it didn't re- repeat. So, you know, I, I like to think this may be one of these good things that happened and that we all reacted to it in a certain way. And, and maybe we can now kind of regain our self-control and ride those next, you know, weeks or months to, to really feel like we got this under control. All right, so uh, that was a one-off, blowing off some steam, or at least uh, that's what you're saying here. I mean, because people do get stir-crazy, you know, the, the idea of cabin fever, as you say, the interminable winter and two months of summer, COVID fatigue or isolation fatigue, but you're saying uh, people are now just as apt to go back and being disciplined? Well, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I hope. Uh, it, it's all about, <clears throat> like, for example, had that happened yesterday and just been reported as, Kind of like, oh, look, people are are gathering and and not necessarily obeying things, but without the revulsion, dare I say, that that I felt in a lot of the the media coverage, um, if it had just been reported as a fact, then it would have been very open to what we call observational learning. This is kind of like the toilet paper craze, (laughs) that once, once somebody sees somebody else doing it, um, they're more likely to do it. So we would normally think as psychologists having that all over the media um, might just normalize it. And, and, you know, the next day we would have seen it magnified. But because the media covered it um, in the way they did and, and because so many Torontonians reacted on Twitter and other places with a real sense of disgust, um, and, and I think a reframing of, you know, why are you gambling with other people's lives? That's just not cool. Um, I, I think that framing was very important, and, and I like to think it, it helped. I still think, though, it, we're in for challenging times. Um, we do feel that need for some sort of arousal. We, we've been under-aroused as human beings for a long, long time, and summer is when we get that. And, you know, we've had everything canceled and, and we've got nothing to look forward to. And, and so a hot, sunny day is going to be a, a really tempting draw. Wow. It almost sounds like, you know, the same attraction of a jailbreak. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean to some extent, you know, that's how I feel. Like optimal arousal theory, just to give a sense of it, suggests that we're, we're kind of trying to be in the middle somewhere. So if we had like four nights where we had, you know, exciting evenings of seeing live music or doing whatever then that fifth night, we just want to stay home. You know, we want quiet, we want calm. If we've had a lot of calm, which is exactly what we've all had, then we want stimulation. We, we want something that's going to kind of rouse us from this malaise of calmness. Um, and, and so we're all hungry for that now. I'm certainly hungry for that, you know, something that, that's, that's got that sort of <laughs> different from the routine to it. Um, and, you know, a sunny day can just bring that out and make it feel like, okay, here's a party that's going to happen. Uh, and it really is, that's a really strong emotional draw. And, and those involved, I think, have to have a lot of 
um, sort of strength of will to sort of consciously overcome that and say, no, I know this is what I want and it would feel so good, but I'm going to deny myself that for the greater good down the road. Um, that That's a hard thing for humans to do. It's more recent in our evolutionary development, uh, and it's all, and it's really impressive how much it is happening. But yeah, we're seeing some some failings. I wonder if finally, you know, maybe it's a survival coping mechanism of sorts that people, you know, cooped up for too long, start climbing the walls. And there are some uh, long-term consequences, as the social scientists have, uh, you know, mentioned, if uh, we don't have stores opening and people lose their jobs or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't get to uh, the hospitals because the hospitals are off limits waiting for the surge or the second wave, then you've got addictions that are going to be proliferating, abuses and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Uh, Do you weigh in the equation the health consequences of long-term isolation? Yeah, I mean, for sure. One of the things I did very early on is I created this free online course um, to try to show people how they can manage the anxiety. And, and, and basically, it's called Mind Control. It's a very, uh, available from Coursera.org. And it's basically just trying to let people know that you can control the contents of what's in your mind in, in very clear ways, simply by you know, using your environment in certain ways, um, finding activities, for example, that take you away from all this. Whatever that activity is for you, it's medicine. <clears throat> and if you learn to use it like medicine, uh, you can really start to control how much anxiety you feel and such. And yes, that's absolutely important because chronic stress, we've known this for a long time, uh, impacts your immune system. It literally compromises our immune system, uh, makes us more susceptible to, let's say, a virus. So I, I think this is a really good time for people to to think about mental health the way they think about physical health, that there are certain activities I can do to, to stay mentally strong. Um, and, you know, I talk about some of those things in the course, and I think this is a great time for people to do that even with their families. You know, learn a little bit of Jedi mind control tricks. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 